what is the weirdest thing that you have seen newsworthy lately that you were just like what the fuck has there been anything or like a tiktok or something there definitely has to have been anything weird that you've seen lately lately have i seen anything weird even like a tiktok trend or anything on like social media just like anything oh the weirdest thing you've seen lately do i not have weird things in my life (laughs) (laughs) Um, i'm gonna give you my example why i thought of this okay maybe so i'm i'm like watching the local news because like Uh everywhere else in america it is hot as fuck here and it Mm -hmm. is like super hot and they're like okay like today's gonna be really hot but tomorrow it's gonna cool down but you have flash flood warnings and like storm warnings and I'm like okay cool because like now that I have a puppy I don't want rain yeah because I'm like I don't want to be out in the rain when it's pouring trying to get you to go to the bathroom but Mm -hmm. also coming in and having to grab a towel to wipe off your little like hairy paws and like your face for some reason his face is always like soaking wet so I was watching the news to see like what the weatherman had to say about this fucking heat monstrosity that we're having like active heat stroke that's happening yeah yeah and apparently um because i'm from upstate new york so my local Mm -hmm. news channel is out of burlington vermont okay so apparently in downtown burlington there was a man spotted walking down a very like popular street in burlington Mm-hmm. butt naked just a hat on whoa <laughs> that's like some like covid era kind of stuff <laughs> like only the hat because heaven forbid his head gets sunburned he can't or lose heat from his head you know <laughs> right like um so he's butt naked walking down I believe it was Church Street and people were like calling it in but the thing is I guess and this is the part that it gets weird is I guess in Vermont, nobody could do anything because it's not illegal for him to walk around naked in Vermont. Whoa. It's only illegal if he were to have been wearing clothes and stripped naked in public, or if he was obviously doing something lewd. So if someone saw him in clothes and he took the clothes off, that would make it illegal. But just if he walks out without clothes already, it's legal correct wow that is weird i can see so if he had shorts and a t-shirt on i was like you know what it's like really hot here and just like stripped down drop trout which is like me all summer at home took his shirt off (laughs) it would have been enough for the police to be like you cannot do that maybe give him a warning or i don't know what i don't know what the repercussions are but the fact that he left his house or a car or whatever and was just butt naked walking around Oh my God. So now I want to go to Vermont because I want to meet him and I want to be like, tell yes. me. Can we have conf- on the podcast? <laughs> tell me your confidence level. Yes. And where and how did you get it? On the news, things were blurred out. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming that you have to be pretty happy with head to toe if you're just like, you know what? I would think so. Let everyone see it. Yeah. Just not caring. Sometimes I wish I was like that kind of like able to be like, yeah, who fucking needs clothes? 
like a nudist colony. Yeah. It feels like something I should be able to wrap my head around, but it's just not for me. No, no. I don't like really appreciate people seeing me naked. No. (laughs) No. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I have to be like, well, that's a different kind of podcast. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's like, we don't need to get into details. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, I don't drink anymore, so I can't use that as an excuse. Right. Um, But yeah, that's just been the strangest thing was the, you know, like a guy walking down some street, like butt naked in this heat. I'd be like, okay, obviously, like the heat had got to him and he was like, I'm fucking hot. And maybe I'm just over it. Maybe like it affected his mood or whatnot. You know, like you and I get crabby when it's this hot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like maybe he was like, I don't fucking care if I'm naked. But the fact that like the cops were like, you know, we can't really because people were calling it in. And the fact of the matter is like the cops cannot do anything unless he were to be doing something lewd, which apparently he was not. Or Mm -hmm. if he took his clothes off and then walked around naked but the fact that he so left strange. his home naked I don't know maybe it was laundry Made day okay yeah <laughs> yeah he's like I'm not fully naked I have a, I think he had sneakers on too but he was like I have my hat well I mean good for him yeah kind of but now I'm like curious to see if he's going to like I wonder because this is <laughs> making the news <laughs> I wonder if it's like enough that um (laughs) I wonder if it's like enough that he's gonna be like on the news do you know what I mean yeah yeah they're just gonna be like what was your like decision making process yeah maybe maybe he'll answer on social media or something I know I'm gonna have to follow up with it tomorrow when I edit this just in case I'll search and see what I can find on social media about yeah naked Big Buns Burlington. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do have something that is equally and more weird. Um, And I can't believe I didn't think of it before. But once you started talking, I thought of it. And it is. Now I can't remember what the documentary is called, but it's the documentary about Natalia Grace. I can't remember. Did you? What do they call it? The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Thank you um it is the strangest thing I've ever seen um and like the pacing is really good so I don't want to even really explain much of it Mm -hmm. but what you would probably know even if you watch like a trailer is that this couple in the, the same state that I live in in Indiana um adopted a girl with a version of dwarfism um and over time it became clear that she could not be the child age that she was saying that she was and she started threatening them um like with knives and stuff and I'll just completely leave it at that because it really is worth if um that intrigues you at all uh the idea that someone would like pretend to be younger than they are to get adopted that kind of thing just watch it but there's so many reveals and it kind of makes it fun to watch to not like know how many weird things happen but it's one of the weirdest stories I've seen in a really long time I feel like it's also a good thing I haven't watched it yet but I've heard it's really good 
Um, I feel like it's also something really, like, it's also something you want to watch if you really like the movie Orphan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or if you watched a movie with somebody who didn't like Orphan and they were like, that would never happen, bro. Like, fucking watch this. Yeah. Yeah. It is wild. And Mm -hmm. we actually haven't even completely finished it. Like, I would, when I saw it was six episodes, we were both kind of like, well, let's see how the first one is. Right. But it like, it does feel like the narrative shifts pretty significantly (laughs) every single episode. It is wild. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine it does. There's, um, God, there's a movie. There's a movie called The Chameleon from like 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, I, heard about it because I love Famke Jensen who was um she was the wife in Taken she's Jean Grey Mm -hmm. in X-Men um House on Haunted Hill um I just think she's fantastic she was amazing Mm -hmm. in Nip Tuck I love 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 her so I heard about this movie Mm -hmm. that she was in called The Chameleon and I watched it and I was like wow that was actually really good Mm -hmm. and then I realized it was based on a true story and it's about this family they're either midwest or southern i believe there's like a southern state in the united states their son had went missing when he was like 10 years old Mm -hmm. and then the police in france Mm -hmm. are driving down the road and they find this man in the fetal position in the road and he's like my name is blah 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 Mm-hmm. So the French police look it up and they realize that this grown man is this like 10 year old missing boy from like Georgia, we'll say. Whoa. So he goes to this family and they're like reunited. And this family's like, I can't believe you're back after all these years and da 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 da. Yeah. And they come to find out that this is not the first time he's done this, but this man will look up missing people in other areas and be like that's me I was kidnapped at this age and blah 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 and like he he did it like multiple times oh my gosh yeah and they call it like he was called like the chameleon because he would pretend to be you know it's kind of like that JC Dugard story Mm -hmm. you know where like she went missing and was found 18 years later like it doesn't usually happen you know so just like to have these families think that they're finding their like lost loved one is so fucked up and the fact that he did it to multiple families is crazy I keep seeing all of these things on social media and stuff like even if it's like comedy or like something serious and everyone's like you know now that June is over half of the year has gone by Mm -hmm. so I was thinking we could do like a mid-year wrap-up of like what was your favorite to piggyback off from last week's episode of favorite reading experiences like what has been your favorite reading experiences this year so like then of course I had to be a psycho and like really switch things up and be like favorite January February March April May and June I love it though I thought it was such a good idea I think it would be so much fun and I'm very curious because even the, this is one of the fun things about something like this too is that yeah I can't cheat 
and be like, I know we agreed on six, but I have six oh, and like yeah. three honorable That's mentions. true. I was like, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like I can't right. cheat. I do have eight picks, but that's only because there are two of them that I'm like, I'm oh pretty my gosh. sure. I had two that I was torn on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I had like so two, I, love that. I think February mm-hmm. and April are the ones that I'm like, <laughs> I yeah. think she might pick these. So we shall see. Good to know. Good to know. Well, do you want me to go first with January? Yeah, yeah kick off your January. So January, this one got me out of reading slump. And that's what I remembered when I saw it in my January list. And it was All the Dangerous Things by Stacey Willingham. Fun fact, when I typed this in my notes earlier today, I typed all the beautiful things. So beautiful and dangerous are apparently equivalent in my mind, which made me chuckle as a thriller fan. I think you um, wanted to type all these beautiful strangers by Elizabeth Clayfoth, which is what I, I think wanted it's some to of that too, because I bought that and yeah. I want to get to it. So I think it's like love it. all in my head. Um, but so this was her, this was her sophomore, sophomore novel. Why do I feel so, why do I feel like I'm, oh, I'm frozen. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking like a pretentious character in a book. Um, this is her. Oh, why am I frozen again? <laughs> One year ago, Isabel Drake's life changed forever. Her toddler son, Mason, was taken out of his crib in the middle of the night while she and her husband were asleep in the next room. With little evidence and few leads for the police to chase, the case quickly went cold. However, Isabel cannot rest until Mason is returned to her, literally. Except for the occasional cat nap or small blackout where she loses track of time, she hasn't slept in a year. Isabel's entire existence now revolves around finding him, but she knows she can't go on this way forever. In hopes of jarring loose a new witness or buried clue, she agrees to be interviewed by a true crime podcaster, but his interest in Isabel's past life makes her nervous. Her incessant questioning paired with her severe insomnia has brought up uncomfortable memories from her own childhood, making Isabel start to doubt her recollection of the night of Mason's disappearance, as well as second guess who she can trust, including herself. It was so good. So good. She's so, such so, a so. visual writer. Mm-hmm. I get visual. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to come off. Mm-hmm. I am not a misogynist okay we know but I get sometimes a little nervous when being a parental figure is mm-hmm. very key in a thriller yep because even though I can imagine how horrifying it is to be a parent mm-hmm. have your child go missing and and things yeah. like that sometimes they focus so much on what it's like to be a parent and the mm-hmm. you know unconditional love that a parent gives and sometimes I'm like okay. uh, yep. like I just mm-hmm. like let's get to the part we'll yeah. figure out what happened exactly um, she did such a good job with that book of showing a very raw nerve within what it's like to be a parent Mm -hmm. to make the book emotional without overbearing readers with the details of you know motherhood or parenthood or whatever right right um 
I just was very pleasantly surprised with that one. Not that I doubted her writing, but I just was like, I don't know if this is going to be the book for me. Yep. I wasn't totally sure how I was going to feel about it necessarily either. And then I just ended up loving it. Her hair, Mm -hmm. like the way that the past and the present come together at the end are just really, really good. It's great pacing the way they come together. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, It was almost mine. It was almost mine for January. I'm glad I chose that one then. Well, I still find a way to cheat a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) So basically my January pick is actually a book that I read in December, but came out in Mm -hmm. January. So I was like, yeah that'll work that works that'll work. that works for me um because I think I read it on like New Year's Eve right so to no that one's really surprise counts. whatsoever my favorite book in January was The Shards by Brett Easton Ellis <gasps> that's so perfect I because love of what it. you shared today I know it's I going so to be excited. a TV show on HBO and I'm gonna fucking yeah die you're gonna die we're gonna have to do like a multi-part series on it (laughs) and I think it's the guy who did call me by your name yes that's what I saw so yeah Timothy Chalamet like I know come hither perfect come hither but I'm just so excited it made me want to read the book again which I think I will this fall once I get everything going on in my health and personal life figured out because just everything fucking summer sucks <laughs> <laughs> it does sometimes fuck summer but anyway fuck summer. <clears throat> the shards is about a 17 year old named brett who is a senior at an exclusive buckley prep school when a new student arrives with a mysterious past Robert Mallory is bright, handsome, charismatic, and shielding a secret from Brett and his friends, even as he becomes part of their tightly knit circle. Brett's obsession with Mallory is equaled only by his increasingly unsettling preoccupation with the Trawler, a serial killer on the loose who seems to be drawing ever closer to Brett and his friends, taunting them, and Brett in particular, with grotesque threats and horrific, sharply local acts of violence. The coincidences are uncanny, but they are also filtered through the imagination of teenager whose gifts for constructing narrative from the filaments of his own life are about to make him one of the most explosive literary sensations of his generation. That was a long sentence. It was. Can he trust his friends or his own mind to make sense of the danger they appear to be in? Doom, doom, doom. I just really loved how, like, it was like a character named Brett Ellis (laughs) you know like and I could just only imagine that this character was based off from him at a certain point as a 17 year old and you know maybe what it would have like what he imagined he would have been like like do you ever think like could you imagine what it would have been like if you were your age now when they caught like Ted Bundy or the night stalker that would have been so creepy yeah yeah so I can only imagine like maybe that's where it was from because like I will never forget being at work and remembering (laughs) remembering reading on the news that they found the golden state killer after like fucking 40 years yeah so I think I yeah I don't think I've because I didn't like experience that 
I don't know if I have. Yeah, I don't think I've experienced a like, whoa, they just caught a killer. Like a Brian Kohlberger, too. Oh, yeah. That's Allegedly. Mm hmm. He's trying to say that he didn't do it. Sure. (laughs) All opinions are my own. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or whatever I have to say so Brian Kohlberger can't sue me. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, he's going to sue you. That's the, it, our podcast is going to blow up. Could you imagine if that's how we got like <laughs> fucking huge? Is like Brian Coburger sues he heard me because I'm just, like, like, was really offended the way you said it. <laughs> the way I'm like, oh yeah, well, like when they caught Brian Coburger. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. And he's like, I didn't do it. Yeah. Well, whatever. On to February, Brian Koberger. Don't even get me started. This will be a fucking seven-hour episode. (laughs) It really would. (laughs) You'll be like, it's 2 a.m., Garrett. I really have to go home. And I'm like, I have one more point to make. I am (laughs) sleep-talking. That would be... That would be what would happen. So, I'll talk about my February pick. (laughs) Um, Because I already know what it is. This was one that I was torn on. And so... I went with Carrie Soto is back um, for mine. So what was your what was your second pick? Hellbent. Oh. Yeah. Okay. There might I feel like I think this month there might have been a bunch. So I think February and March, I was like, how am I gonna make <laughs> so there's just I just had a really good month in February of reading. But I think I've talked about Carrie Soto at least enough and it's a little bit in the zeitgeist that i won't read the synopsis word for word on this one but basically carrie um when she was young like a teen and in her 20s was basically dominant in tennis in the 90s no in the 80s and then she takes a break and then in the 90s she's watching the u.s open And she sees a new player who's about to take her record. And so she um, decides to start training again to try to defend her record. And her, (laughs) and her, her dad is her coach and it's your typical Taylor Jenkins read where you get attached to all of the characters Mm -hmm. and then she somewhat wrecks you at the end. So there's that fair warning. I even cried in a book about tennis like cried did you cry in evelyn hugo oh yeah a lot oh okay i haven't cried i didn't cry in it i know i was like this this was like really sad or like this was like fantastic but i'm just not i don't know maybe my i'm i cry very easily once i get my wonky gums fixed i'm gonna go to the doctor to get my eyes checked and be like why am i not crying yeah why is everything dried what up? What is wrong with me? And they're going to be like, you're dead you inside, considered... but your eyes are perfect. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, well, I'm going to say, okay, with my, <laughs> I, if there was a point when you go to edit this, or if somebody is watching us on YouTube, I'm going to apologize <laughs> now. I was not ignoring Kate when she was talking about Carrie Soto. If you caught me looking down at my phone, it's because... My February pick is a pick that I know that you and I read. You and I both read Stone Cold Fox by Rachel Mm, Collarcroft. That was my other one that was so close. Yep. But 
the thing I couldn't remember was if we both read it in February or if you read it in January. Mm. And I didn't want to be like, this is my February pick and have you be like, that was my March one. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know. So when you were talking about Carrie Soto, I was listening, but I was looking at my phone yeah. and I found out that you read um, you read that January 25th. Whoa. Because <laughs> you were like, cool. I'm reading Stone Cold Fox and there's a character named Gail and I keep reading Gare. Oh, that's like I searched our text I messages so I could that. be like, I don't want to steal one of our books. Oh, I so. love that. So I did read it in January. Well, I knew yeah. I was torn on it for one month. <laughs> but it came out in February. So yeah, it could have been your February pick too. But right. Either way, I want to make sure I didn't steal your March one. So um oh, that's nice. I, uh, yeah, I'm just such a sweetheart. Seriously. <laughs> um, so Stone Cold Fox was like so much fun. I absolutely love this one. Um like any enterprising woman, B knows what she's worth and is determined to get it all she deserves. It just so happens that what she deserves is to marry rich. After a lifetime of forced instruction in the art of swindling men by her mother, B wants nothing more than to escape her shadow, close the door on their sordid past, and disappear safely into old money domesticity. When B finally, oops, <laughs> when B finds her <laughs> final mark in the perfectly dull blue-blooded Colin, She's ready to deploy all of her tricks one last time. The challenge isn't getting the ring, but rather the approval from Colin's family and everyone else in their tax bracket, particularly his childhood best friend, Gail. Going toe-to-toe with Gail isn't a threat to an expert like B, but what begins as an amusing cat and mouse game quickly develops into a dangerous chase. And it was so much fun. I fucking so fun. loved it. It was a really, uh, really, really. really <laughs> um, did you tell me this, or did somebody else tell me this? But I believe there's going to be a sequel. <gasps> I didn't know that, so it would be someone else. I'm excited for that. I thought you told me so. Okay, I had oh. heard then from someone that it was there was a room. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this is going to be a fun one to edit. <laughs> um, I had heard from someone that there was a rumor or something that they said that there might be a, a sequel to this. I don't know if that was like insider information. I don't mm-hmm. know if like that was like something that is like proven or whatever. Yeah. So if it doesn't happen, don't fucking come at me, folks. But don't at me i could see it being a a series yeah oh yeah i totally could <laughs> that's the fun thing with con characters technically they keep running yeah heists mm-hmm. or whatever whether they get what they want in stone cold fox or not you could yeah go either way you know yeah because if you if she gets her way and gets married to colin Mm-hmm. There's going to be more challenges that come about. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So that was my February pick. I love that one. Mm-hmm. So much fun. Well, my March pick is inspired by you constantly telling me to read it. Um, and it's Never Saw Me Coming by Vera Kurian. <laughs> I caught that reaction this time. <laughs> um, but it's about Chloe. She's a freshman honor student, a leggings wearing hot girl next door who also happens to be a psychopath. 
Her hobbies include yoga lotties, frat parties, and plotting to kill Will Bachman, a childhood friend who grievous, grievously wronged her. Chloe is one of seven students at her DC-based college who are part of an unusual clinic. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> of an unusual clinic study for psychopaths, students like herself who lack empathy and can't comprehend emotions like fear or guilt. The study led by a renowned psychologist requires them to wear smartwatches that track their moods and movements. When one of the students in the studies is found murdered in the psychology building, a dangerous game of cat and mouse begins, and Chloe goes from hunter to prey. As she races to identify the killer and put her own plan into action, she'll be forced to decide if she can trust any of her fellow psychopaths. It's so fun. It is such a good fucking book. Yeah, it's like serial killer, or not serial, well, yeah, yeah, serial yeah. killer and dark academia uh-huh. and a psychological thriller, all of it. Yeah, and there's the part of like her wanting to kill Will, but you don't know why. And there's that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You're that gonna fucking us. die when you mm. edit this. Oh gosh. I pretended to be dead again oh I missed it <laughs> and you missed it and I like got up like you missed it again <laughs> and that's why I was laughing and you're like is everything okay because I was like laughing and I, was, I, like, just oh. I just can't <laughs> I can't help myself I can't you're gonna just love it it's just gonna be like an ongoing thing now of all the times I've like yeah. done a, a dramatic response and and I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> like I am going Focus. to read the synopsis um <laughs> Yes, that was such a good book. I love yeah. her. I love mm-hmm. her. I love her. Um, her second book comes out in 2024 and is being like Ugh. compared to I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, yes. You said that. Oh, Fuck I'm so me. excited. I'm so pumped. Yeah. That's going to be too. so good because I love her and I fucking love I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah. It's like everything. It is everything. Together. For me. <laughs> um okay march march for you what a time to be alive my march pick is how i'll kill you by ren mm. de stefano yes i think that's how you saying her last name if i am wrong i think so i'm gonna call her ren i've heard de stefano is one way it's pronounced that would for make a, more another person so who knows mm-hmm. It's just like that typical thing where you try not to mispronounce something. So you say yeah. it very slowly and, and yeah. mispronouncing it. So right. Ren D, as I call her, because we're besties, because I'm obsessed with this fucking book. Yes. Um, How I'll Kill You is about identical triplets who have a nasty habit of killing their boyfriends and what happens when the youngest commits their worst crime yet, falling in love with her mark. Hmm. Um. Sissy has an interesting family, always the careful one, always the cautious one. She has handled the cleanup when her serial killer sisters have carved a path of carnage across the U.S. Now, as they arrive in the Arizona heat, blessed be, like seriously, Mm -hmm. Lord, Sissy (laughs) has to step up and embrace the family pastime of making a man fall in love and then murdering him. Her first target is a young widower named Edison. I know. Like, 
Edison, like the bulb. I just picture, yeah, I was going to say, like, I just picture, like, overalls and a light bulb. Yes. <laughs> but apparently Edison's hot as fuck because their mutual attraction is instant. While their relationship progresses and most couples would be thinking about picking out China patterns and moving in together, Sissy's family is reminding her to think about picking out burial sites and moving on. But then something happens that Sissy never anticipated. She begins to fall protective of Lightbulb Edison. And then before she can help it, she's fallen in love with him. But the clock is ticking and her sisters are growing restless. It becomes clear that the grave site she chooses will hide a body no matter what happens. But mm-hmm. if Sissy betrays those crazy sisters of hers, will Sissy be in the grave? I don't know. She might be. To read to find out. I fucking love that book. Yes. That was so fun. That was another one. God. That I was torn on, but I was like, never saw me coming. Yeah. Well, never saw me coming is a fucking Mm. trip. But I feel like, I feel like they're very similar in the fact of like my reading experiences with both of them was like, this is so complex and intricate of a plot. Yeah, with such like interesting characters that like I could not mm-hmm. put either one of them down because it was just so unlike anything else. You yeah. don't read, you don't read Rendy or <laughs> Vera Curian and be like, "Oh yeah, what happened in that book?" Like you fucking remember what happened in that book. Like it sticks with yes. you for yeah your entire life. Yes. thought I was about to sneeze so I was just trying not to sneeze right into the microphone so yeah I love our March picks of course me too too. my April one it has such a long synopsis I will probably try to summarize it you're it's not gonna be I'm so excited because it's did you hear about kitty car (laughs) so it's safe or yours is safe. <laughs> um, but it's by Chris. I almost called her Christy. You've got you're like calling uh Rin Randy, and I'm calling Crystal Chrissy, but I am so tangential. Crystal Smith Paul is the author of Did You Hear About Kitty Carr? And it is about Kitty Carr Tate, who is a white icon of the silver screen. And she dies in the present time, which is, I mean, I don't know that it's 2023, but it's like present. But in the past, um, she was like an integral part of the beginnings of Hollywood. So she's been a star for a very long time, her whole life. Um, and next door are is Elise St. John, who would rather focus on sorting out Kitty's affairs than dealing with the press. So they've been friends with Kitty. She's like her mom has been for the, they've lived next door. I'm butchering this by trying to make it shorter. <laughs> um, but Elise is going through Kitty's stuff and finds journals about that time of her life and a lot of secrets come to the surface about what she was able to do in Hollywood we love I'll leave it at that Mm -hmm. Um, it is so good I couldn't put it down that was a Reese pick too wasn't it Mm -hmm. yeah and book of the month 
And I feel like you knew about it before they did. Then what? I feel like you knew about it before they did. Like it was like on your radar before they announced it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're so. The cat's meow, as they say. Yes. I saw it somewhere on Bookstagram and immediately requested it on NetGalley. And I think I got it in the same day and started it the next day. I think I knew I was going to love it. I was meant to love it. And I'm interviewing her next week. So that's exciting. Check out Between the Lines if you have read that one. And then <laughs> get your kitty car on mm-hmm. between the pages. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Well, my March one is a little different because I've been like doing thrillers, but yeah. um I'll tell you what I was leaning toward with oh yeah with this one because I thought you were gonna go with one book and I don't want to be like oh I decided to like kick this off but I mean I thought about this and I have never shut up about this book so yeah my favorite for April right we're in April mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I was doing the same thing <laughs> my favorite for April was kismet by ashley james yeah Ugh. um it is about yeah, we both have kismet oh my god i'm just so obsessed <gasps> i know oh my god it came too <gasps> like a week ago i had pre-ordered the special edition cover with the gold foil oh yeah oh Oh, my god is he ever handsome i love that and i have some things to show you offline because it came with Ooh. oh yeah it came with some postcards and a bookmark (laughs) but Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm not getting in trouble on the internet (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll avoid that for now (laughs) so kismet is my jam ski it is about cash demarco um five years ago cash gave his heart and soul to his professor um fell in love with him only to be destroyed by the professor's silence um and cash has never been the same since so he finally has the chance to leave his town start over and try to move on with his life but fate insists that the chapter of his life that haunts him the most is not over. Stone Phillips believes that cash was the temptation he should not have divulged in. The secret that ruined everything, cash was the beginning to his end. And when Phillips left, he left a shell of the man he once was. So cash ends up walking back into Stone Phillips' life um and of course destruction and chaos ensues and the universe has a funny way of bringing everything full circle opening old wounds and forcing you to face your destiny so Mm. i did not have a stroke when i was reading that synopsis but (laughs) the way that they do like male male romance synopsis it's like Mm -hmm. this is the one person's perspective and it's a summary and then it's like another person's perspective in a summary yeah so it'll be like I gave my heart and soul to my professor, but it's like, I'm trying to read it in a sense where people know what's going on, but. Right, right. Um, yes, it is just an amazing love story. It is like, 
I don't want to be a corn dog when I say this, but like it is like my okay. version of like the notebook. Like I don't oh, know if I there will that. be like a greater love story for me when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't know. I just love like a teacher-student relationship, which is why you I do. bought disciplinary action by only James. <laughs> Look at the fucking ads. Your other favorite. Oh my god. My Special edition of Class Act is here, and it's like a hardcover, and it's beautiful. Oh, that's exciting. But it's like a hardcover without like a dust jacket, and I really like that. And it has not safe for work artwork in it. That's what I was thinking about earlier. I love it. (laughs) So yeah, special editions are super special. I know, and I've been spending uh, an insane amount of money on my special edition of Mail Mail Romances and my dog. That's yeah. It. Those were the good things to spend money on, though. I mean, if you got to spend it, that's what, that's what you need to spend it you on. Might as well. Mm-hmm. Well, my May, <laughs> my May choice mm-hmm. is The Push by Ashley Audrain. And I ended up reading this. Right after I read The Whispers, which I loved equally as much, but I ended up just picking The Push as the one to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is about Blythe Connor, who is determined that she's going to be the warm, comforting mother to her new baby, Violet, that she herself never had. But in the thick of motherhood's exhausting early days, Blythe becomes convinced that something is wrong with her daughter. She doesn't behave like most children do. Or is it all in Blythe's head? Her husband, Fox, says she's imagining things. The more Fox dismisses her fears, the more Blythe begins to question her own sanity. And the more we begin to question what Blythe is telling us about her life as well. Then their son, Sam, is born. And with him, Blythe has the blissful connection she'd always imagined with her child. Even Violet seems to love her little brother. But when life as they know it has changed in an instant, the devastating fallout forces Blythe to face the truth. It is like a devastating story, but it is so good. Yeah. And it's really good for like people who enjoy thrillers, but like need something that's like a little bit more like sinister, slower pace. Yeah. Yeah, like I'd never felt bored, but like it's just this like slow burn of creepiness. Yeah, it's kind of like when you just look outside and you can see the dark clouds coming towards you, but you don't know when they're yes. going to hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. It's intense. It is intense. It's a really good one. I really enjoyed I the push it. a lot. I, I loved really it. I really loved it. Yeah, she's... A really, really, really good storyteller. She's very talented. And I interviewed her about the whispers. So I'll plug that now. <laughs> She's so sweet. I jump on between the lines, folks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there's something else I was going to say she okay this is gonna be like I know we don't talk shit on here about like authors and stuff but I love the book Big Little Lies but the Mm -hmm. other books by Leanne Moriarty that I've read after that just have not really done it for me the way that Big Little Lies has but Ashley Audrain is 
is writing the stories that I would want from the same person who wrote Big Little Lies. I really agree with that. And she was one because I hadn't read any, I hadn't read the push when I got access to the whispers. And Mm. it was one kind of what you were saying earlier, where I was like, is this going to be so much about motherhood or like, is is it not going to like connect for me? Because sometimes I have that same experience and it is it's so bold. It's still, it's really bold storytelling that happens to be about motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I I remember when I read it, I was like in the mood for something that was like a slower burn that I could sink my teeth into. And I was like, this might Mm -hmm. be the one. And yeah. Yeah. I really loved it. Um, these kind of like coexist because my May pick is a slower burn that is also very dark and bleak. Ooh, nice. Is anyone surprised? No. <laughs> They're like, oh, they chose dark um, and bleak. We've talked about right, right. Um, I know I've talked about this book so much, but I feel like I can't be like, oh, I read this many books in May, and like people are gonna be like, you didn't talk about that one but I mean this book has stuck with me so much and I've been so obsessed with don't forget the girl by Rebecca McKenna it's one of my favorite books ever I mean I just am fucking obsessed with it Mm -hmm. um I'm noticing a trend between a lot of these books Mm -hmm. that like these women by Ivy Pachoda is one of them Mm -hmm. um please see us by Caitlin Mullen uh, mm-hmm. Don't Forget the Girl by Rebecca McKenna, The Trap yeah. by Catherine Ryan Howard, Bright Young Women by Jessica Noel. All yep. of these books by these female authors are fucking kicking ass with being like the media and people who are true crime obsessed and all of the people that are listening to these stories for the wrong reasons are remembering mm-hmm. the killer and not the victims. And I just love this trend in crime fiction where it's like, I'm not going to say what they call him in like the different books, but I love how like it's basically not even a name. Yeah. It's like him or stranger or whatever, but anyway. Right. um, Don't forget the girl by Rebecca McKenna is we never remember the dead girls. We never forget the killers. (laughs) 12 years ago, 18-year-old University of Iowa freshman Abby Hartman disappeared. Now, John Allen Blue, the serial killer suspected of her murder, is about to be executed. Abby's best friends, Bree and Chelsea, watch as Abby's memory is unearthed and overshadowed by Blue and his flashier crimes. The friends, estranged in the wake of Abby's disappearance and suffering from years of unvoiced resentments, must reunite when a high-profile podcast dedicates its next season to Blue's murders. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> so good yes. so 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 good and it's got that like podcast element to it too mm-hmm. but like in a very realistic way yeah that makes sense yeah that does make sense so that was just my it's favorite it's just story. up your alley you really did you read it did you read it them. I still haven't read it yet I need okay. to you're gonna love it I know I know uh, have another one I need to read before next week 
And then I think it'll be a little bit. I have a like we have some interviews next week. Mm-hmm. And I have some. And I'm just like, there's a lot of interviews next week. So after yeah. next week, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna hold but you to it. I did read a really, really, really good one at the end of June that I loved called Lay Your Body Down by Amy Suter Clark. <clears throat> And um, it is about a girl named Dell who grew up in a really fundamentalist Christian church. And she basically left after college and hasn't been back. But the only guy she ever loved um, back when she lived there is killed in a hunting accident and she goes back to pay her respects but i think she knows the whole time that she thinks something is suspicious so um she gets there and starts seeing that there are more and more (laughs) (laughs) she gets there and realizes that there are tons of secrets in the church like way more than when she was even there and so as she looks into it she kind of has to face some of her biggest fears from her past and figure out what really happened to Lars. And it's very good. The ending is amazing. And I won't say anything else. I want to read it. <laughs> the ending is really, really good. I, I was feeling iffy about on it. it on my Instagram, but. Um, it really was funny as Amina Akhtar posted about it. And I was like, oh, I need to read this. And then she's like thanked in the acknowledgements um, for reading early versions of it. So what was crazy though, is it reminded me of Kismet and The Last Housewife in that it's like a fuck the establishment kind of book. So those are always fun. I'm very curious about it because- Mm -hmm. I was a little like, I don't know if I really want to read the religious aspect of it because it kind mm-hmm. of goes over my head. Um, mm-hmm. You brought up a really good point about Minka Kent that I never really thought of. I would, it was, it's very similar to that in that like, there's like way more plot happening outside of the church and the church is just more like a cult. It's more okay. like, if it's more like thinking of like, oh, someone has too much power over these people. Okay. There are a lot of really fun, a lot of really, really fun twists at the end. Well, maybe. maybe when after. you have time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I just need to get through July with my, yeah, with my life. And like, get it to like calm or cool down. I just need, yeah, I need the weather to cool down. Mm-hmm. I need my freaking mouth to calm down i need to catch up on my work calm down i need to calm down (laughs) let's be too loud (laughs) um what was i gonna tell you oh my june pack (laughs) that's a good one that's a good thing to tell me (laughs) my june pack um my june pack was one I was having a hard time with because it's also one of my favorite reading experiences ever because mm-hmm. I will never forget where I was mm-hmm. when I read this author's work. Yeah. But um, 
to no one's surprise whatsoever, my favorite June book is Bright Young Women by Jessica Noel. Yes. Comes out in September, but as soon as the arc came in, I like posted a picture of it on Instagram and like immediately had to dive in. And yeah. Oh, yeah. this was like one of those things where I started it on a Friday and read it until Sunday and like took my time the entire weekend to make sure that I was like engrossed in every single word in this book Mm -hmm. because it's amazing Mm -hmm. but the synopsis is super long so I'm gonna try to do what I can but um this is a basically a retelling of the Ted Bundy case from a different perspective um that people don't usually explore so mm-hmm. in January of 1978, a serial killer has terrorized women across the Pacific Northwest, but his existence couldn't be further from the minds of the vibrant young women at the top sorority of Florida State University's campus in Tallahassee. Tonight is a night of promise, excitement, and desire, but Pamela Shoemaker, president of the sorority, makes the unpopular decision to stay home, a decision that unwittingly saves her life. Startled awake at 3 a.m. by a strange sound, she makes the fateful decision to investigate. What she finds behind the door is a scene of implausible violence. Two of her sisters dead, two others maimed. Over the next few days, Pamela is thrust into a terrifying mystery inspired by the crime that's captivated public interest for more than four decades. On the other side of the country, Tina Cannon has found peace in Seattle after years of hardship. A chance encounter brings 25-year-old Ruth Wachowski into her life, a young woman with a painful secrets of her own, and the two form an instant connection. When Ruth goes missing from Lake Sammamish State Park, in broad broad daylight, surrounded by thousands of beachgoers on a beautiful summer day, Tina devotes herself to finding out what happened to her. When she hears about the tragedy in Tallahassee, she knows it's the man the papers refer to as the all-American sex killer. Determined to make him answer for what he did to Ruth, she travels to Florida on a collision course with Pamela and one last impending tragedy. Wow. Such a fucking good book. I can't stop thinking (laughs) about it. That's awesome. I'm very excited for it. I cannot stop thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to read it again in September mm-hmm. when the weather is cooler and I can fully enjoy the cooler weather. Yeah. Um, it's just something that I think I'll read time and time again because I love I love the way she tells a story. I love yeah. the characters in this one. I love her writing. I just yeah. don't even care. I could just I could listen to her talk about all the reasons she loves like basil and be completely satisfied, <laughs> but I love the random things you come up with to show how much you love someone. You're like, I could listen to them talk about, blah, and it's always new and it's fun. I and could listen to Jessica Noel talk about anything. Literally anything. Literally anything. I just like love the way she presents herself and I love the way that she writes. And I think this is her strongest written book oh that's awesome like this is I think if people read this they're going to feel about this book how everybody feels about Donna Tartt oh nice I haven't read I've only read 
one of hers. I read The Secret History. Yeah, that's what I've read. I know she has other ones, but I haven't read any of her other ones. I really liked it. Well, we had so we have had a good year of reading. 